This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Hey everyone, welcome to Icebreakers, the official podcast series for the 2018 Ice Awards in partnership with the Village Soundcast Network. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan Rommel, the founder and creative director of Wonderless. And I'm Sarah Densmore, account executive for Cassette. Throughout this series, we will be celebrating creativity in Atlantic Canada with some very special guests. This year's award show will be taking place at Pier 21 on Thursday, June 7th. You can buy your tickets online at iceawards.ca. Welcome to episode six of Icebreakers, the final episode of our six-part podcast series. The 2018 Ice Awards are just two days away, and we've really enjoyed connecting with all of these amazing local creatives. On our final episode, we're discussing equal representation in pop culture with The Magic Project. Joining us by phone, we have Emma Paulson and Kate McDonald. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Icebreakers. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. In studio today, you have myself. I'm uh, Sarah Densmore. I am one of the co-hosts for this podcast. And with me, I have a special guest. I have a uh, special co-host with me today, and I'll just get him to introduce himself. Hi, guys. My name is uh, Adrian Camo. I'm a local um, ad copywriter and creative industry member. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Awesome. So we really appreciate it. uh, You guys being able to call uh, call in. It's uh, awesome to have you. And we're really excited to talk about the magic project today. Um, Maybe. uh, Awesome. So, yeah, if uh, I will pass it over to you and we'll just do a quick introduction with you both and then get you to talk a little bit about the story and the history behind the magic project. For sure. Great. All right. So passing it over, I guess. Yeah. Um, so hi, my name is Emma Paulson. Um, I am the uh, executive director and co-creator of The Magic Project. And my name is Kate McDonald, and I'm the founder and co-creator of The Magic Project. Um, so in terms of history of The Magic Project, we first started it at the end of 2016 in response to the election of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um Many of our friends in different communities were feeling super ostracized, isolated, and like there was no hope for a community where they will be celebrated. So Kate came to me with the idea of uh, the like feeding off the hashtag Black Girls Are Magic. Yep. And we took that and made it into a photo shoot and kind of weren't really hoping for anything beyond that. But the response was so great that... Uh, we thought this is something that we can't put down, so we came up with some other concepts. Yeah, um, so we kind of like ran with it from there. And then uh, the reaction to the first photo shoot was so overwhelming mm-hmm. that we were like, all right, I guess we've got something on our hands here. So then we hosted a photo shoot called Black Kings Are Magic. I mean, Queer People Are Magic, Queer People Are Magic Pride Edition. Um, we also did Disabilities Have Magic. Uh, and yeah, and we've kind of been rolling ever since. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I know Adrian has a question, so I'll pass over to him. Yeah, geez, sounds like you guys really started uh, rolling. So um, since you started <laughs> it uh, with the initial photo shoot, uh, what was your like big, biggest success or which project got the most um, recognition or feedback? I would Ooh. say, the well, there's so many successes that we've found throughout this, but in terms of response, the Black Girls and Magic photo shoot, the first one that we did, got, the, like, we were up at 2 a.m. that night after we posted the photos, like, screaming, standing on our couch, because it reached, like, 24,000 people on Facebook, and we had no 
concept of, of how many people it would reach. Oh, so wow. we, we kind of lost our minds at that. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. is, that is pretty awesome. And and what would you say was like the biggest challenge with um, getting that together and organizing that in the first place? Well, on the first day, like we made a Facebook group and uh, we were waiting for everybody to show up. And the first hour went by and nobody was there. We moved into the second hour. <laughs> we had like one person and I was like, oh, my God, no one's going to come. <laughs> um, and then literally like 30 women showed up and none of them knew each other. And we kind of just got started and I was like, that's always the challenge. Cause mm-hmm. if nobody shows up and we have nothing, we have nothing. Yeah. Like, um, so that's always the, the kind of like butterfly moment of, well, people really come. Yeah. yeah like, and I think, yeah. I think, oh, no, go ahead. You go, you guys go. I was just going to say, yeah, like the fear of nobody showing up to your party. I, I totally feel that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, um, but like long-term bigger challenges that we faced over the last year was like time. Like we have all these concepts and all these ideas that we want to organize and get out there. But like time and finances are always our biggest obstacles to, to trying to make something happen. Because if you've got the willpower, you can make something happen, but it's not going to be done in the ways that you necessarily want it to be done. Uh, you guys had mentioned the, uh, the, you know, the Trump election there. And again, as Canadians, I know I think there's a, a failure to recognize just at how much of our mass media comes out of the states. And that even though as Canadians, we are directly, uh, I mean, we're fed that um, it's something that we kind of have to fight against. And I think there was this wonderful kind of polarizing moment on the reboot of the Roseanne show where they're, Dan and Roseanne are watching television. And she makes a remark about how diverse television is now and is only able to reference two two TV shows in the last five years that have not had fully white, heterosexual, completely able-bodied uh, casts. And it was like, that was enough. Like, there, there, was, there was two, that's fine. So I, do you find that there is this kind of like, well, well, why do we need this right now? Isn't there enough? Yeah, I mean, there's always the pushback. Or like, we have the one Black character, didn't we do this thing? And it's like, as long as we're counting, then we're not doing it right. And the lack of recognition of even like, of course, the amount of media that we consume that is American kind of like science built and delivered is problematic, but also um, the fact that like we feel that wave of kind of negative impact here outside of the media, Mm -hmm. Um, the rise of Donald Trump for lack of a better rise. I don't know. He's a terrible man, but whatever. (laughs) Um, He got elected miraculously and that led a lot of people into this like weird place where they felt like they could finally speak about their racism or their homophobia or their transphobia. And it's like, we have to be actively combating that constantly. And the representation can always be excavated more. And as long as it's not being created by said marginalized communities, it will always be inaccurate. And also like, I think that as like something to remember is that this is the best that it's ever been, but it's still not good enough. You know, like these people in marginalized communities across the board have not had any sort of representation. So to have, and like, it's so many diverse people. There's like, it's a vast, vast array of people that deserve accurate representation for who they are. And to have one person show up on one TV show, isn't, it just isn't enough. No. And it, yeah. 
No, not at all. And, and you know, we do we, we have talked a little bit about the Magic Project and that you are using art and photography to kind of represent all marginalized communities and popular cu- culture. And, uh, you know, for this, how are you going to be able to benchmark that you're actually, you know, achieving this? Do we have like a scale? Um, I don't know if we have so much like a scale, but I think as long as we are hosting events and people keep turning up, there's going to be there's uh, there's obviously a need that we're filling. Right. Um I think the success is after each photo shoot, when these people get to see the photo that was taken of them and they have this crazy reaction of this is how I've always seen myself or I'm using this for every job application that I use now or like it's my headshot for everything. Mm -hmm. That is a benchmark of success for us because that means that we did our job of organizing a space where they felt their actual identity was prioritized and, and was seen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so uh, where do you guys feel the magic project will be, you know, five years from now or 10 years from now, or if it's still around 15 years from now? Well, like in a perfect world, you know, in like 15, 50 years or whatever, the world will be a much less, better place. And maybe there will be no need for our kind of like activism, but that's probably not going to happen. So yep. hopefully we're traveling across Canada because Halifax, um, you know, needs a lot of love and it feels really right that we started here, but there are communities and people with experiences all across this nation in small towns, in big cities that are dying to create their own representation of themselves. So hopefully we're, we're on the road. Yeah, hopefully we're traveling and not, like we want to explore all of Canada first, but I think that to bring this into other countries and other nations to find their communities and create the the ties amongst communities that exist in different borders is also really necessary. So hopefully we'll be able to bring it to the state. Let's go to the yeah. state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. That Mr. Would... Trump, I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty magical. So um, how do you plan to, you know, spread out and reach out across um you know, Canada first and, and hopefully, you know, across national borders. Um, do you plan on using social media or do you plan on using, you know, collaborative projects or anything else to really start networking yourself out? I think it's kind of, I think it's both. I think social media has like done us huge favors in what we've been capable to do to this far. point. Um, but I think that Kate and I have both lived in different areas across Canada. So we have some network opportunities in in different major cities. So we have some places to start there, but in conjunction with our social media, I think. Yeah, and like we've been reaching out to a few projects in like Brooklyn and New York, Detroit, um, just trying to see what what would people want to do? What what would feel good for you all? How could we be of support to you? What could we collaborate on? And we, yeah, touched down with some people in Montreal and hopefully soon Vancouver. So we're working on it. We're working on it. Awesome. Awesome. And you spoke a little bit about uh, social media there and just the power of it. And, you know, I myself, I would have to say I spend a lot of time on that platform outside of working in marketing and advertising. Um, you know, and I've, I I make a definitely, I don't think I make an effort, but uh, I, I can't get over how beautiful it is now that we can kind of follow um, all kinds of different beauty. Like I love F your beauty standards. That's one of the, the main ones that I follow. Uh, and I also follow like a, a female bodybuilder and just, you know, that you're able to kind of 
see intimately uh, more body types and more types of beauty. Um, do, can maybe you guys tell us a little bit about or maybe suggest some people that maybe we should be following on social media to just kind of hope, kind of open up that space? And when we talk about uh, the magic of beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a peek here. So, um, well, locally, there's an artist named Dwayne Jones that has his own clothing line called Art Paid Me. He's been a supporter of ours from the beginning, and he's incredible and doing incredible work right now. Um, there's also uh, Instagram called Joyful Resistance, um, run by a young woman of color from here as well. I mean, um, who else did you say? Well, I also have to shout out uh, Io Tillett Wright, who's an oh, yeah. activist from the States who made a project called Self-Evident Truths to humanize uh, the queer community in the United States. So they their Instagram is just Io, but they also have uh, Self-Evident Truths as their handle for their project, which is a great photography series. Do you want to see some, like, really cool, um, like, kind of, like, Afrocentric um, art or, like, like almost... I don't know, like wearable art. Afropunk is a great place to start. The Very Black Project, um, We Are Your Voice magazine, It Gets Better, mm -hmm. uh, are all really great places to start. And uh, following, I think, like branching out into some body posy um, Instagrams, like once you start seeing one, your Instagram will start, the algorithm yeah. will kind yep. of like do the work for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So once you start following one, you, you'll start seeing your feed instantly change. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I always recommend that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I was gonna say, in terms of like your own inspirations, like who would you say, uh, if you had to name one for you both, who are, who's the somebody who's really inspiring you? Who's, uh, you know, giving you the, the, the strength to kind of keep going in a, in a subject that, you know, it, it I'm sure they can get re really tiring. Like when you, when you're constantly kind of f fighting against a force that doesn't want to hold space for you. Totally. Um, I am always listening. Oh, well, I listen to a lot of Chance the Rapper. Yep. Because I think the way that he's done things has been really cool. I also really like the rapper Lizzo. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's somebody else that people should follow. Um, and to like not like kind of give a nod to Beyonce as, and Solange as they currently stand and the ways that they're taking up space and using such traditional African inspiration and, yep. and kind of like, um, and, yeah. And not catering like there's unapologetic for yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like not trying to subdue themselves for mass consumption is something that's constantly inspiring. And for me, I would say like, it's mostly local Halifax artists. Like this, True. this crew of artists that we are lucky enough to be a part of have this collective called Zimana which uh, was kickstarted by Ghetto Socks, Darren Piper, who is a huge inspiration of just like work ethic and like oh, staying yeah. humble and, and being modest, but also killing the game every chance he gets. Uh, Julia Hutt is a really good artist. Uh, Lance Sampson, Aquaculture, Culture, Judy Harris, like these are all people that we have the pleasure of working with here in Halifax that just are constantly striving to make Halifax uh, a bigger and better place and, and carve out their own space. Bria Miller, Five yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, and would you consider yourselves to be creative people? You know, by nature. Totally. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, I, I think that, my, like, I don't even know. My brain does not do anything that's not creative. I have no idea how to function with like logical, practical things. Um, 
and that's like been the way that I've been since I was a kid, you know, I was constantly trying to like figure out how I could like do all these things like science and math and how my guy could make my brain understand those things. It doesn't feel like it. Um, so yeah, I've been creating and on stage and involved in artistic endeavors since probably actually four. Yeah. I would say the same thing for myself. Like I was a dancer growing up and my mom was a painter and photographer. So art was always around me and my mom always tried to get me to use art and creativity as a means to express myself when my words didn't feel like enough. So that's really, really ingrained in me and in, in how I like see the world and I'm able to interact with people. Wow. And uh, I, I had read that the Magic Project uh, had done a collaboration uh, with Alan Alan Doyle from Great Big C. Yeah. Called uh, Beautiful, Beautiful to Me. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about? Yeah. So Asterix Media uh, is a local uh, company here with uh, Jake Ivany and Stephanie Young. So Steph is one of our friends from the queer community here and approached us one day and said, Hey, we've got this offer from Alan Doyle. This is the, this is the song. This is the sort of thing that he wants to do. He wanted to like the song was created in response to the like very transphobic laws that were being passed in uh, the area that he lives in the States. And he wanted to reach out and be able to bring his perspective to his audiences and say, Hey, that my concerts are all, uh, open doors for anybody like if you're gonna let me be me I want to let you be you and I want you to know this is a safe space so she thought of us like Steph thought of us and brought us in and just wanted to basically film one of the photo shoots that we do so it's kind of like another queer people are magic mm-hmm. yeah awesome um, so yeah I'm going to direct a question first at Kate and then maybe uh, Emma same question to you so it is called the magic project what is magic to you how would you define it um, I would define magic in, um, in every, like everybody has magic and it lives and grows and exists in your differences and in your flaws. So, um, everyone has flaws that are entirely unique to them and experiences that have made them themselves. And that, that little piece of, uh, like, I don't know if anybody else has this or gets this or knows this. That's your magic. And as soon as you can flip that on its head and be so proud of what you've been through and who you are, you'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, I would say something similar. I think that the magic is the individual experience that that people have when when you've constantly been told that you're different Mm -hmm. or that these are the like people constantly tell you what your flaws are. Mm -hmm. And then when you're able to flip that on its head and claim that as this is what makes me and this is what I find beautiful about myself, that's where the magic lies. When people are able to reclaim those things and find the beauty in, in the parts of themselves they've been told to hide. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, you know, we know that the Magic Project, it came about because of a need and that that need that, you know, more people need to be visible. What would you say to your younger self about what you're doing now? Oh, oh boy. boy. That's the whole question. <laughs> um, I would say to my younger self, um, oh my gosh, that all of those um, speeches that you've been practicing in your bedroom, don't forget them because you're going to need them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say, um, to truthfully, to hang on and don't dull that little light because that's the thing that's going to that's gonna carry you through all of this. 
Um, and all of the people that told you that you can't um, and that didn't believe in you and that told you to stop and that told you to sit down and shut up. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to prove them all wrong. Don't worry about a thing. <laughs> For my younger self, I would say, uh, I don't know, I was a pretty awkward little kid, man. I, I, I would say you won't, uh, you won't believe the things that you're capable of, so keep keep pushing and don't let anybody yeah, dull your shine or, or take away your voice. Cause I think that that happened to me when I was young, I felt like I didn't have a voice and I didn't know that my voice actually lied in my creativity. So I would tell my younger self to keep focusing on what feels good for you and don't try to fulfill what other people want from you. I'm sure your younger selves would have appreciated the advice. Um, so out of out of all the artists out there, uh, you know, active today, um, if you could, you know, pull anybody into the Magic Project to collaborate with, you know, who would be sort of like your dream artist to be working with? Oh my god! Well, I'd really like to bring Jay Cole to Halifax because oh. he did a documentary called Dreamville, where he kind of like went around to all of these iconic Black communities and like. People forget that the African Nova Scotian community has been a community that's been here for at least 400 years. So I would love to bring J. Cole here just to be like, you know, we got something going on here too. This is this is not any different than the longstanding black communities in the state. Um, so I'd like to bring him here. But I'd also like, mm, I don't know. I would agree with the, with the J. Cole perspective, right? For sure. Uh, because... There are so many youth here that need to know that there are people out there that uh, see them, mm-hmm. which is the same thing that we're constantly saying, right? But, like, in terms of watching that Dreamville documentary, like, there were so many kids that were changed by him coming through and seeing them and listening to their story. And I think that that gets missed for the African Nova Scotian community. Like, people overlook them, and they are Canada's, like, best-kept secret, you mm-hmm. know? And I would say Erica Badu. Because Erica Badu was around when I was a kid, and I think she, uh, and like her kind of like, no fucks given, like very true to self, unapologetic, yeah, um, kind of, yeah, vibe. Like she's always been on her own vibe. Yeah, yeah I'd love to work with her and be like, what can I learn from you? Yeah, I, and she's done so much that you know people don't even know about. She like became like a doula, and she owns like a, a vegan restaurant yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, she too is an entrepreneur outside of an artist, much like yourselves. Exactly, and I mean, like of course, like you know, anybody that was involved in the Black Panther Party movement, like come on down. I would love to learn, um, and at least just like hear people speak because I think we can forget that hearing any elders speak from any community, be it LGBTQ plus, Black, mm-hmm. Indigenous. Um, otherwise, like newcomer, we disabled. We need to hear the people speak that were here before us, or we are going to repeat the same mistakes. Yep. Yeah, totally. exactly. So. Awesome. Well, uh, that actually concludes our, our podcast. I have so much more I would love to talk to you about. I think what you're doing is so needed, so inspirational. Thank and I just want to say thank you uh, from myself and, and Adrian here. Thank you. thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, it's at the right time with the right message, and it needs to be right now. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and uh, take care. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Special thanks to Emma Paulson and Kate McDonald from The Magic Project. 
We would like to thank all of our guests who have taken the time to talk with us over the last six episodes. It has been awesome connecting with local talent and celebrating creativity in Atlantic Canada. This has been Icebreakers, coming to you from the Village Sound Studios. To learn more about the Ice Awards and to purchase tickets, visit iceawards.ca. That concludes the six-part Icebreakers podcast series for the 2018 Ice Awards. We look forward to seeing all of you at the event. Thanks for listening. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.